Hell's Paradise. Number seven, Flowers and Offerings. Hey, what's up? It's the Fact Daddy. It's the Fact Daddy experience. I just wanted to do something like that because I fucking felt like it. There's no logic, reason, or anything to it that I could uncover and discover for you. Anyway, for Hell's Paradise, episode seven, Flowers and Offerings. So... At the last episode, you know, we left off with Chobay and Toma. If you don't remember, Chobay's like this mountain king marauder bandit guy, and Toma is his brother who posed as a Yamada Saimon, meaning he got into the uh, Yamada Saimon just so that he could free his brother. So that's who those two are. And last time they had some strange encounter with these weird and beautiful ladies, and the blonde one, the other one had a, like a pinkish orange hair. The blonde one asks, what are humans doing here? And then gets pissed off and transforms into a man. So, that's always fun. <laughs> uh, and no, you're not allowed to make any odd inferences. I just thought it was funny that, you know, basically Chobe and Toma came upon the t- these two uh, let's just say that they're hot. You could argue that they're ugly. Of course, everything's subjective. But there's two relatively good-looking women making out naked in a tree or something like that. And these two guys, Chobe and Toma, stumble upon them. And the blonde one jumps down from the tree, asks, what are humans doing here? And then basically her breasts become this massive muscle chest and she's ready to kick the shit out of you. And she's like supernatural, or he's supernatural, or they're supernatural. So they seem to be the Tencent. Anyway, um, you see Gabby Maru and them. They're you know they run into uh, this bonsai tree. I'll, I'll be referring to the bonsai tree as bonsai Groot from here on out, just because I feel like it. So Bonsai Groot um, won't disclose his relationship to the pink-haired girl who Gabby Maru captured while they were staring down at this village. And, you know, uh, at one point, you know, Gabby Morrow does this weird thing that I call the hover kick and it's like he jumps and he kicks but somewhere in between the jump and the kick there's this funky hover and it looks like it's like he anchors his leg and then releases you know that kinetic energy I thought visually it was fucking cool so that's why I brought it up anyway um the bonsai group guy while not wanting to disclose his relationship with the girl does disclose some other things. Um, for one, um, like the island has several different areas. Um, like basically, it's it's like three circles. It's the outer circle the center circle and the inner circle Uh, the outer circle which is the shore and the woods are called Eshu the next circle is called Hojo and 
that's where this village that they're currently in is located and the last circle is Harai and Tan is located within the mist at the center of the island now Tan is what they call the elixir of life um, so while Senta Yasaimon Asaimon Yamada excuse me Yamada Simon. <laughs> uh, while he's eating and the ladies are bathing most of the time Gabimaro wants this info so now we kind of have an idea um, and you know Gabimaro really wants to know if the elixir of life is real and um, Bonsai Groot says that you know once you see the tents and you'll understand the uh, elixir of life is real so then it gets super interesting because they cut back to Toma and Chobe and they're standing in someone who they clearly decapitated um, from the left side of the body and uh, they did it starting at the area where your right shoulder meets your neck so they cut all that off vines are growing out of that space uh, where the left arm once was and uh, it's a mad scientist shit the never dying never aging eternal and perfect beings I mean they'd almost be like uh, hosts in Westworld if you know they weren't organic and they, they, they definitely are organic in some capacity uh, involving some sort of tree flower connection which obviously makes sense because there's so many flowers and trees in this show um, and the tents and especially the blonde one they're not merciful uh, Toma and Chobe got the shit kicked out of them they just laid out bloody and unconscious then uh, Toma is dropped into a massive well like hole and inside the hole are hundreds and hundreds of corpses with flowers growing out of them. Now, you know, of course, visually, a hole like that, you know, it obviously represents uh, not much love for human life. And also, not... Um, it's very, uh, you know, it's awkward visually because you know that, like, the nature of existence is for us to exist and then be buried and then you know we become almost like you know plant life or we feed into the life cycle of life we feed into the life cycle so when you see the flowers growing out of the corpses and it's just it's freaky man it's that dr moreau shit but these two guys can really fight and they fucked the, the Tenson up, but the Tenson healed. And fucked them up, clearly. Um, and basically, all those those bodies down in the hole, those aren't the only holes. Those That's where they get the Tenson from. So they, you know, the elixir of eternal life is basically just made out of finite life. And again, philosophically, it's a little weird because that's kind of how life works. 
like I can discuss the dinosaurs and all this other shit from other people from a long time ago because other people existed before me but I didn't exist at that time whereas the Tenson seemed to be very old um they call them hermit sages or whatever but you know they have they're basically genderless and they're extraordinarily powerful so um it almost feels like multiple philosophical and uh religious concepts were mined in terms of representation um So, you know, the island is a weird place. And uh, unfortunately, those two ended up on the wrong end of the Tencent. Um, and that whole Tencent scene, you know, even when they, when they toss Toma. Um, and, you know, it kind of reminded me of that episode of Hannibal where there was a guy keeping people alive, using them to grow mushrooms. Like, he was basically growing mushrooms out of their bodies. And he kept them completely asleep and unconscious or something. But they were still alive. Like, it's fucked up shit, man. Um. Um. So, we find out, um. Uh, that bonsai group has a name. The name is Hoko. Uh, May is a little pink haired girl. Uh, and and I know it's weird, but I swear, that little girl, May, looks like the little girl from that old Fist of the North Star movie back in the day. There was like this really cool Fist of the North Star movie. And there was a little girl with like the last flower in the world and all these giant men beating the ever-living shit out of each other. And, you know, several of them were brothers. Classic stuff. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Nah, so. It's crazy. Um, Hoko can also regenerate, too. But see, that's why he's like a bonsai Groot dude. And you see the similar factors in the Tencent, but he's like really doo-doo Tencent. He's not like Mac and Tencent, you know? Um, anyway, um, something that came up that I didn't really know about is something called Ash and Camilla Oil Cake. Um... Apparently they're good for your hair and nails and it's perfectly suited for baths and it's something that um, some people in Japan use. You know, I didn't know what it is and lately I don't gloss over stuff that I don't know what it is. Student and master. So they show Tenza growing up poor and robbing people so that he could eat because his parents were basically like non-working drug addicts or alcoholics um so then you know he puts a sword he's beating up a guy and then uh when a man puts a sword in his face and then they just cut right into you know opening credits and then 
You see Tenza and Nuragai are discussing what to do and where to go, with Tenza wanting to take more of a cautious approach because he knows now that uh, Nuragai is a woman. And then out of nowhere, someone in a very light baby blue outfit with sea green trim, fiery orange hair arrives uh, just quietly landing on their feet atop of the water. So, messianic, you know, messianic images abound. <laughs> um, and then the person says that the forest was noisy. And that is unusual. So they left the forest. And that many of the Sozin were killed. And that too is unusual. Then there a person who appeared female literally transforms into a male and we saw that with the blonde so this is the, what the Tenson can do I guess theoretically they're whole beings because they can physically exhibit both male and female forms interchangeably and they can also regenerate at will so <clears throat> that's pretty cool Tenza opts to fucking run. And that's one of the reasons I like Tenza. He's like, nah, I'm not messing with all of that right now. I'm going to figure out what the fuck to do. And uh, you would you, you feel watching him run that he's really fast. And then he's cut off and he's hit with like, you know, this weird little ball of chakra energy stuff. Like... The Tencent stands in front of him and does this weird thing with this energy, and it completely fucks him up. Um, so he's knocked back, he gets up, slices his eyes, they regenerate. Then he slices and dices the whole body, and then runs. And this thing has that plant thing going again with the vines and all of that, and then it's a... Uh, it's talking to him. And uh, it, that, it's just creepy, man. Because it looks like a serene, super fashionable, cute person. Um, the visual is, is such that, you know, the hair can grow and be shorter. So, you know, they can look however, but, you know... It's a little terrifying, you know. I mean, he cut this thing into pieces. Pieces. And, um... Then, you know, right when it looks like they're in a lot of trouble, Xion, who's the name of the blind swordsman who is not only Tenza's teacher, but it's just, like, one of the coolest characters in the show uh, and the manga. I like Xion a lot. Uh, after they, you know, after he cuts the arms off and they get some distance from the Tenzin, Xion turns his blade on Nuragai and is questioning Tenza for allowing Nuragai to live. Um, there was a whole conversation. 
and that's why it's good to watch the show. But Tenza says something along the lines of, you know, pretty much I'm going to do what's right. And if it goes against whatever, it goes against whatever. Something along those lines. But, you know, he wanted to help Nuragai. And, you know, he gets Shion's approval before Shion gets his throat cut. And the Tencent put four holes in Tenza's torso. Like the top of his chest, the bottom, and then the left to right. Holes. I mean, holes. Um, then they cut to, you know, this whole interaction between Shion and Tenza. And, you know, Tenza finds out that one of Shion's pupils quit being a Yamada Simon and went out and, you know, was doing crime and was starving and then, you know, eventually did a big enough crime or attempted a big enough crime where they had to be beheaded and he had to behead them. So he puts a lot of stock in trying to support people and especially his students, which I think is fucking cool, but... And um, that 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 was a fucked up story, and uh, you know Tenza is gonna die, but uh, he decides to fight with everything, and he's cutting up the Tenson again, and boom, the Tenson puts more holes in him. Um. So, uh, there's a point in time where there's this kind of, like, communication with the eyes. And Tenza wants to, to scream, run, but he can't because his throat is crushed. And, you know, he's dying trying to get them to run. And Shion runs towards the Tenson and then just basically runs away, snatches guy and is gone. Um... And the crazy part about the whole Tenza thing, Tenza was going to leave. And then Shion said, just let, you know, I'll let you leave if you land one blow. If you can land just one blow on me. So he, you know, he eventually does, obviously, and he stayed on. And now he dies, protecting his master and his friend. Wow. Because I guess one of the things that uh, I find it interesting that we watch stories the same way that we read books. Certain things interest us and certain things are experienced by the individual mind with more delicacy and emotion as opposed. Like for example, like you could say I don't give a flying fuck if Tenza gets killed. And I don't care if, you know, his master got his throat cut. And I don't care if, you know, guy dies. And who gives a shit if Gabby Morrow gets back to his wife. But, you know, quintessentially characters are what are the most interesting thing about a story. So, it really just depends on how you're able to view the story. When you take on more viewpoints, you can view more things and then understand different perspectives without subscribing to them but you can understand why they exist 
Anyway, that's it for now. I'm the Sack Daddy, sharing love and joy to all who listen to anything on a DVR podcast network, especially my shit. Um, and you can feel free to drop an email. I don't know what the fuck the email address is, so that shows you I'm a bag of donkey when it comes to that. And when I say bag of donkey, it's really corny, shitty slang for shit. I prefer calling shit Dooku, if we're going to be honest. Because Count Dooku, (laughs) the name is so dumb. I love it. Everything is just Dooku. Alright, homies. Peace out from the Thack Daddy. Hope life is treating you fairly well with the weather and the season and everything going on. Honestly, every break is a deserved one. Be easy. Peace out.